I know. You read the title of this episode and were like, well, duh. Of course forgiveness is hard. What more could there be to even say on this topic? When you go to church, we talk about forgiveness. When you read the Bible, the Bible talks a lot about forgiveness. When you go through these Christian experiences, forgiveness is a pretty big topic. I think the reason we talk about it so much is because it's so counterintuitive. Because more than forgiveness, we want justice. When somebody is wronged, especially if it's us, if somebody is hurt, our flesh says an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But that's not how God wants us to operate. So yeah, forgiveness is hard. And yeah, this is going to be about digging into those hard, coded feelings and seeing what God wants us to do with it. Welcome to The Single Parent Preacher. My name is Alex. Now, people have done things to us that are hard to forgive. Some, you might even say, are impossible. Now, we'll address that particular mindset in a little bit, but it doesn't take any time to think of a situation or a person that's hard to forgive. When I first met my oldest friend, I was like five years old, and he was not nice to me. I was the shy, quiet kid. He was the loud, bully kid. And then I stopped going to that day camp, or he did, and then we didn't see each other for a while, and then he came to my middle school, and then things were kind of the same. And then we moved down the street from him, pulled completely by chance. I was 12 or 13 at the time, and we became friends. But as a parent, when a kid has been the sort of tormentor, the bad example for your kid for a long time, you are not excited to have that person around your kid. And it took a long time for my mom and dad to kind of accept that this wasn't the same situation that it had been. And I'll be honest, I have a real hard time with forgive and forget. It's especially the forget part. And sometimes when you don't forget air quotes that you can't see me doing, it leads to something like this. Proverbs 14.10 says, The heart knows its own bitterness, and no stranger shares its joy. Only you can understand how an event has affected you. And sometimes when you tell that story to somebody else, they don't get it. Well, why did that hurt so much? What's the, what's the problem? At the same time, something could make you really happy and somebody else could be, what? It doesn't impact them the same way it impacts you. We are not all the same people and praise the Lord for that. Only you know how something affects you, why it hurts you and makes you better. You see, I don't want to be bitter. The reason I struggle with forgive and forget is I want to learn the lesson from the event. And I can't do that if I forget what happened. And that's my struggle. A lot of us struggle with just the first part, just the forgive part. Like, 
our heart does know our own bitterness and we struggle to get past that because we want justice. We want wrongs to be righted. Jesus tells a parable about a man who owed somebody else a lot of money. And the person who was owed called him in and said, okay, you owe me this money. And the person begged for mercy and he was forgiven his debt. But then when that guy went and found someone else who owed him a lot less money and he was asked for mercy, he didn't grant it. So then the guy he owed found out and was like, I forgave you this much money and you couldn't do the same for this guy. Now you owe me everything. Think about this. What would your life look like if people didn't forgive you? Because here's one thing I can guarantee. You haven't always treated everyone great. You have needed forgiveness for yourself, for things that you've said, for the things that you've done. You have needed to ask other people for forgiveness. And I think we've all been in situations where the other person hasn't forgiven us. Or maybe they can't forgive us right away and it takes time and it takes healing and eventually they say, okay, I forgive you. We can we can move on from this now and it's sort of this process. But when it comes to our turn to forgive people, we tend to forget how many times we've needed people to forgive us. And I'm not even at the God forgiving us for our sins part yet. We're getting there. I'm just talking about other people. You said something wrong to a coworker. You said something wrong to your parents. You and a friend got in a fight. You had to apologize and talk and forgive each other for things that happened. But then, man, that person you don't like did something wrong and they, they apologize and maybe you don't even believe it. Maybe it's one of those types of people who just keeps doing it wrong over and over again. And, you know, when you apologize for something, you're indicating you're going to change your behavior. That's the idea. But if somebody apologizes, you don't see them change, but they keep apologizing and they keep doing it. And you feel like if you keep forgiving them, then you're enabling them to continue to do that. And personally, I don't think that's what forgiveness does. I don't think forgiveness is then permission to continue a pattern of being hurt. You can forgive and also protect. This is where I want to learn the lessons from situations. You know, you can forgive someone for lying to you again but then not associate with that person. You can forgive someone from hurting you again and then not put yourself in a situation where they're going to hurt you again. That's not unforgiveness. That's prudence. That's vigilance. Forgiveness is about your heart. Now, I've known people who have held grudges for years, who are so hurt by somebody for years, and it took them years to forgive. And you could see, you could see, like physically see a difference in them after they forgave that person. That doesn't mean you put yourself in a position for that person to hurt you again. It means you're putting your heart in the right place. 
and you could forgive someone and they may not receive it. I was in a position where I was hurt. I was hurt by something that had happened a long time ago and over a long period of time. And I finally was sitting down to, to talk with that person. And I said, look, like this happened. We went, th- this process happened. And, and I want you to know that I forgive you. And their response was, forgive me for what? I was doing what I had to do in the situation. That's not the kind of response we want when we say we forgive you. When we come to that place of finally being able to forgive and move on from this pain that we've been carrying, we, we don't want that person to respond with, and? So? But that's the thing. It's not about them. You can't control how they will respond. You can only control your heart. If they don't respond the way you want them to respond, don't let that create more bitterness. You just got through that. You forgave. How they respond is up to them. Each heart knows its own bitterness, and no stranger can know its joy. They may not understand what you're forgiving them for, and they won't understand why you would feel better after saying that, even if they don't respond the way that we would say you want them to respond. But that doesn't mean you don't do it. If you don't say something, if you don't forgive somebody because internally you're like, well, they'll never receive it. They won't understand it. They don't get it. They'll never. Then you're not at the point of forgiveness because somehow it's still about them. And it's not about them. It's about you. It's about resolving the damage in your heart towards that person. And maybe you don't get to say it to them. Maybe you can't. It's still a heart thing. Colossians 3, starting at verse 12, says this, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. So I started this whole thing, even the title, Forgiveness is Hard. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. How hard was it for God to forgive us? What did it take? Now, if you've been to church once, you'd probably see where this is going. God loves us. God forgives us. But the true, the true sacrifice for our sins came when Jesus died on the cross. There had to be a resolution to that division. And when you read the Old Testament, it's not that God didn't love us or forgive us, that he didn't have compassion and grace. He had anger and judgment as well. God has always had the forgiveness, but there ultimately had to be something to bridge the gap, to repair the relationship. And bulls in the altar just don't cut it. This repeated ritual of having to sacrifice these things and burn the grain and all these different offerings. Even God at some point is like, do I need your animals? No, I need your heart. And that's where the victory in Jesus comes from. It's not just that he died, it's that he came back. That's where the power is. He went down into death and took the keys 
of sin and death away and then just bolted. He's like, I'm done. The work's done. It is finished. Hebrews 10, 12 through 14 says this. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. One sacrifice for all time. The biggest I forgive you. Here's how much I love you that I forgive you happened on the cross. True forgiveness takes sacrifice. You have to give up something of yourself. You have to give up some of your pride, some of your anxiety, some of your emotions, some of your memory, some of your energy. To truly forgive, you have to give of yourself. That's the part we really don't like. We don't like sacrificing our pride. We don't like making ourselves vulnerable because when we get bitter, we build up these walls towards this person, about this person, about all the feelings that we've had. We build these walls up. And to forgive, we have to take those walls down. And internally, we kind of go through this process where it's like, no, this person's hurt me enough. I'm not going to make myself vulnerable to them again. But that's not what it's about. You're not exposing your heart to be hurt by them again. You're exposing your heart so it can be healed. So that area of your life, those emotions can be healed. And there's no more vulnerable position than what Jesus did. All the power in the universe. And he let himself get beaten beyond recognition, it says. Get stripped naked. Walk through the streets carrying a big wooden cross. And hang there, helpless, by human standards, helpless. Forgiveness takes sacrifice. It takes vulnerability. Our last passage is coming from Romans 5. We start at verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We were still doing wrong. We're doing the, I'm sorry, and then turning around and doing it again. I'm sorry, turning around and doing it again. I'm sorry, turning around and doing it again. That's, we were doing that with God. We still do that with God. And even so, Christ still died for us. It really puts that verse in Colossians into perspective, right? Forgive one another as Christ forgave you. I mean, Jesus was hung on a cross to forgive you and me willingly. Like I said, all the power in the universe. We don't have all the power in the universe, but we do have the power to forgive. What happens after forgiveness? It's like, okay, we forgive, we're getting healed, then what? What's the benefit? Well, let's keep reading in Romans 5. And this is just one passage of many. We stopped at the end of verse 8, so let's pick up at verse 9. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. To go all the way back to Proverbs, and no stranger can know its joy. 
we rejoice in our reconciliation. There are levels of joy, happiness that you cannot enter into if you are holding bitterness in your heart. Just can't. There are levels of peace you cannot enter into if you have bitterness in your heart. If we are not able to forgive as Jesus forgave us, we're going to have problems. And forgiveness is hard. God had to send his son to die on the cross to make the process easier, simpler between God and man. Forgiveness is hard and it takes sacrifice. And if you're listening to me now and you have not experienced that forgiveness, that reconciliation, that salvation to God, or maybe you're not where you need to be. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe more things have happened and you feel like, oh, God doesn't forgive me. He hasn't forgiven me for this. Or you're holding that bitterness and it's holding you back. Well, I'm going to pray here in a second. And I hope that you pray it with me from your heart, not just words, but from your heart. You pray to God. If you don't like the way that I'm saying it, say it your own way. That's okay. I don't think God's super picky about the verbiage that we use. I think he cares about the heart that we say it with. And let's all, me included, let's all be in that reconciliation, in that grace, in that forgiveness, and let God empower us to forgive like he's forgiven us, even while we're screw-ups. So with that being said, let's pray. God, I thank you for the sacrifice of your son, and I accept this gift of grace and forgiveness that that sacrifice has offered to me. I failed. I have messed up. And I ask that you forgive me. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose again. And I want you to be Lord of my life, all my life, not just the stuff that I think I can give you when I have a problem, but everything that I Help me to forgive others the way that you so graciously have forgiven me. Thank you for your love and your grace. Show me the next thing that I need to do to be healed and be more like you. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope this message has been helpful, brought some context. I know that just looking at these verses is humbling to me. So thank you, as always, for your time. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at SPPreacherPod. If you want to email me, thesingleparentpreacher at gmail.com. If you're wondering how any of that stuff gets spelled, um, it is in the episode description now. So feel free to just copy and paste. Until next time, remember how you have been forgiven. And let God use that to help you to forgive others.